king together a, thorn of thorn, a crown, crown of thorns. They put it on his head, king of and put a reed, and they spit on him and took the reed, reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. When they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down, wagging their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And at about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lemach sabachthani. Loud voice, and yielded up his Behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. Today, this morning, here and around the world, we celebrate a true hero. And I consider for a minute we celebrate, it's not one of momentary victory, but a hero whose victory lasts for generations and whose song has been sung long before our lives. From Genesis to Revelation, we discover his story, and forevermore, for generations to come, this story shall ring into eternity. Today is all about this hero who, for the joy set before him, chose to fulfill the self-sacrificing act of death in order that we may live. Such a great act it was that human history is forever to birth. The very watch on and resurrection of this hero are the turning points in world history. He was a true hero. One who very well knew what was before him and still chose to embrace all of it, willingly, facing every part of his battle, knowing that for a moment in time, that battle will be lost like a lamb being slaughtered, but will soon be overcome with the roar of a lion. According to into an unfamiliar state, this hero is dead to fight on a sinner's cross, and for hours he gasped for air, pain entering his entire body with every breath while he waited to face his rival, death. Death couldn't come quick enough. His opposers sat and watched his pain while mocking at spitting and his direction. Some walked by not caring much considering his life story, just like the others hanging next to him on their cursed tree. That, but for whosoever believes, this hero took upon him the iniquity of us all. He drank the cup filled with the very wrath of God for every sin every soul ever commit. And nailed through his body onto the cross the record of all our wrongs. At his last breath, the earth shook. The curtain of the temple tore to restore the relationship between mortal and divine. And those who passed away were resurrected to life again. Somehow today, this day of a true hero, filled with opposers, something to mock and spit at. To others, something to simply walk by, not caring much for it, than more than an Easter egg hunt and a long weekend away. But to whosoever believe, and to us this morning, this day is elevated in our hearts to something much more than good. We glory in the grandeur of this day, the greatest day 
Good Friday. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we hear with gratitude and joy as we consider the work of the cross. Help us understand afresh the width, height, and depth of this day. Holy Spirit, make us again aware of the truth behind the crucifixion as you glorify the Son and retell us how he glorified the Father. Forgive us for the moments we diminish this day to a simple story. Help us to once again elevate it in our Thank you for your word, your written word to remind us. Speak to us as we open it this morning to, remi- to be reminded of all, of all you've done. And use me as we open your word in Jesus' name. Amen. I've titled my message, The Grandeur of Good Friday. It's a word that we simply just throw out there. Good Friday, the kids are excited for the Easter egg hunt. Half of our congregation is on a vast, majestic presence on this day if we would only stop to consider it for a moment. And in order to help me explain this to us in a fresh way by the power of the Holy Spirit, I went to the first sermon preached on the gospel of Jesus Christ in the book of Acts. The first account where it was recounted what Jesus Christ has done in public. It was in Solomon's portico, gathered around the disciples just as happening. It's the miracle. Peter turned to them and he came, and the people gospel message after the cross and ascension of Jesus for the very first time. And verses 18 to 21 is where we're going to stop today to consider the grandeur of Good Friday. It will be on the screen and you can follow with me. By what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. That times of refreshment come from the presence of the Lord until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. There are three victorious achievements through the cross that we find in this passage of scripture that I'd like to share with you this morning. And I hope this inspires in you again the grandeur of Good Friday. The first is the fulfillment of past prophecy, that through the cross prophecies were fulfilled, were fulfilled that stand it for years. Secondly is the invitation of, our, of present refreshed experiences, refreshed the cross of Jesus. We, but then the third thing is the promise of a future glory, that there one day will be a day when all the pain and hurt and struggle of this world is over, and Jesus has now gone to prepare that for us. The fulfillment of past prophecy, point number one. Jesus Christ's life fulfilled every past prophecy spoken and written about him. There's not one that went amiss. Throughout the books of the Old Testament, time and time again, there was written about each one of those prophecies. We read in verse 18, What God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that Christ would suffer, he has fulfilled. The suffering of the cross we remember today is a celebration of every prophecy that Jesus has fulfilled. If you study the Old Testament, you will find approximately 400 prophecies about Jesus Christ. What are the odds that one individual could fulfill only eight prophecies thousands of years later? The eight prophecies that they chose were Micah 5, verse 2, that he would be born in Bethlehem. Malachi 3, verse 1, that John the Baptist will prepare the way. Zechariah 9, verse 9, Jesus would ride on a donkey. 
Zechariah 11 verse 13, Jesus would be sold for 30 pieces of silver and to buy a potter's field. Jesus will be 53 verse 7, Jesus and his robe be divided. They looked at only eight prophecies. They worked in time there and the time frame it took. And they asked, what are the odds that one individual hundreds of years later could fulfill only these eight? Not 400, only these eight. And they came to the conclusion that the odds are one out of 10 to the power of 17. 108 people were ever born on earth. That's the estimate. So that big zero that we see on there is to prove that this beats the odds even against all of humanity. That one man would fulfill eight prophecies. And I shiver to think what it would look like on that screen if we looked at all 400. And to me, the fulfillment of past prophecy is not just good, it is grand. That out and has came to reality. The second point this morning through the cross and what we read in Acts chapter 3 is the invitation of present refreshing. Yes, there's a fulfillment of past prophecy, but what does it mean to us today? And there's an invitation for us to be refreshed. Such fulfilling causes a welcoming invitation to us today. Repentance may be blotted out. The times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. The revelation of who this Jesus is and the fulfillment of what he's done leads us to a singular response, repentance. And it's in that moment of repentance and coming to him that we experience a refreshing. Isn't it amazing, the imagery that I read earlier today? In that moment that he gave up his spirit to the throne in the temple of our heavenly Father. And have access. What was taken away from us in the garden through sin was restored through Jesus being nailed on the cross with all our sin upon him. And he invites us into a place of refreshing again in his presence. This is the central message of the cross. That he has made a way that we can have divine intimacy again with God. That we can close our eyes and retreat or go on our knees and experience God. Without the experience of God, this Christian walk is not. The declaration over Germany is that it's dark and dangerous. And it was incredible to be in a city square in Bremen ministering the love of Jesus to people that's never heard the gospel. And you lay hands on them and you say, do you believe that God exists? And they say, they're not sure. I said, well, you know what? I'm going to pray for you that you experience him. And you pray for youngsters who's never heard the name of Jesus and their hearts stop. There's an invitation for us to experience his refreshing because of the fulfillment of the prophecy. The Christian life is fueled and lived by his refreshing. Without the cross, our efforts and works would constantly fall short to experience such moments of intimate relation with Almighty God. Acts 2 verse 28, the first sermon that was preached after the infilling of the Holy Spirit only to the disciples. And on this day, the invitation to us is come into the presence of God so that you can experience the joy and the refreshing that He has for us. My prayer is that you would go out and accept this invitation today so that the rest of this day is joyful and filled with everything that Jesus has for you. And then thirdly and lastly, this message of the cross as preached by Peter in Acts chapter 3 is the promise of future glory. That he may sell the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, spoke by the, whom heaven must receive 
long ago. For restoring the Bible goes full circles. It's a full fulfillment of the prophecy past, and then at the end, it's the fulfillment of prophecy again that is coming our way. The cross and the resurrection restored Christ to his state of being God. And this state was once again taken up, not only to recline and rule in heaven, but to continue to be the humble king who served his people by preparing a place for us, an eternal hope of glory. Zechariah, Ezra, Ezekiel spoke of such a glory to Galatians 21, verse 1 to 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. The pain and the struggle and the hardship of what we are facing as South Africans will pass away, and a new heaven and a new earth will come. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of people, God is with man. Be with them as they He will dwell with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. The promise of a future glory. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. These three things remind us today of the grandeur of this day and that it's much more than refresh. The cross fulfilled today, past, cross promises a future glory where everything will be made new. In closing, and I'd like to invite the band to come and join me, I'd like us to discover heaven's perspective on Good Friday. And I'm going to read for us out of Revelations chapter 5. If we had to be in heaven right now and understand what it looks like from that eternity perspective, God has given us this, what would it be? Stand what it looks like in heaven when they think about this glorious day. Revelations 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said, No more, behold, and it's seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, for God. You invited them into a present refreshing. From every tribe and language and people and nation, you have made them a kingdom and a priest to our God, and they shall reign on earth. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads of thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, in honor and glory, is the Lamb who was... And I heard every creature receive power, and on earth and under earth and in the sea, and all that is in them, saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb... Be blessing 
and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped him. The only proper response to the cross and these three things is a response of worship. It's to join in with the myriads of angels who've seen it all. Yet when they consider this is done, they bow to us today as a church. Is will we just go about it lightly and say, oh, this is a good Friday? Or will we carry the grandness of this day in our walk? Before the band leads us in a song which is written from Revelation 5, so that we can join in with the angels. I want to read a short poem. In my attempt yesterday to prepare for the day, God has laid this on my heart, and my hope is that this would stir in you the grandeur of Good Friday. Good. The day that revised history and set the future on new course. The day that birthed a myriad of martyrs with an unwavering resolve. The day that heaven's voice was silent, but only for a breath, to burst again in victorious song as the Lamb defeated death. The day that sparked the dawn of a set-apart church. The day a kingdom came that would never fade again. The day all the world's records of debt were nailed to a tree to invite again in welcome. Living voice and ingress, I thirst divine intimacy. Consider the one who chose death that we may have a second birth. Consider the one who willingly gave up his heavenly rights for earthly life, God incarnate, to effectuate a perfect and final sacrifice. Consider the one who nurtured, saying, I am forsaken. Consider the one who made us accepted, accepting condemnation. Consider the one of whom the angels never cease to sing, holy, 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 all honor worth. Oh, this day, this glorious day is far more grandiose than good. Let's pray together. Lord, we simply ask this morning that we will have heaven's perspective on this glorious day. We thank you, Jesus, that the work of the cross is complete, that you fulfilled everything that was said before, and that there's an invitation of refreshing today. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you remain the humble king who serve by preparing a place for us, that one day in that glorious day we will see you return, and a new earth and a new heaven will come, where you say, I have made all things new, where no pain or heartache or soul will cling to us anymore. Lord, our desire this morning is we sing this to see what you've done of Good Friday in with the angels. We fall on our knees in worship and we sing to you a new song, Christ the Risen King.